Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 18 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here to recap Inter Lazio from the San Siro. Finished 3-1 to the hosts with goals from uh, Felipe Anderson in the 30th, Lautaro in the 78th, Gosens in the 83rd, and Lautaro again in the 90th minute. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa. I'm joined here today by Johnny Paterno and a very special guest. Johnny, who are we? Uh, who are we chatting with today? We're here with probably the first person... I really hung out with when I moved to Charlotte. Well, I was here first, but like when he moved to Charlotte, um, <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend, the CFO of Charlotte FC, but a diehard Laziale, Sean McIntosh. Sean, how are you doing? Hopefully not as good as I am, but still, how are you? I'm, um, I'm, I'm happy to be speaking with you guys. Appreciate uh, the invite. Uh, as a football fan, as, as somebody that works in the sport, I can't say I'm, I'm having the best weekend um, <laughs> in, in this world. So uh, excited to turn my attention to, to some NHL playoffs here because my soccer teams are not helping me feel any better. This was a uh, this was a massive, massive game um, for both teams and really very emblematic of uh of Serie A to put probably the biggest game of the weekend um at 6:30. <laughs> well, I mean obviously for them it's the early time slot, but for us it's the even earlier time slot. Um but was excited to to get up early this morning and and watch this pivotal showdown in the Serie A standings. Um both teams in and around the top 4, obviously Lazio sitting in second place with 61 points, Inter sitting in uh, prior to the game, uh, they were sitting in fifth with 54 uh, points after Milan and Roma both dropped points yesterday. Um, this game got even even bigger, and I have to say, it absolutely delivered. Um, it was a hell of a game from start to finish. I think, obviously, you know, Sean, we're a little happier with how things played out, um, but it was an, it was a hell of a game. I, I had a lot of fun watching this game today. How did you guys... Uh, you guys feel for these 90 minutes early, early on a Sunday morning. Sean, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Well, you guys felt great. Um, look, I, I have, uh, I, we all had to wake up early for this one. Uh, sleep for me is, is, is of the ultimate, um, luxury as, as a father of a toddler and a newborn right now. And so I woke up, uh, an hour before my toddler wakes up, I'm excited for this match. And I feel like Lazio didn't set their alarms. Um, it, it just, you know, it, it certainly was a big match. And and I know at least on, on our side, Maurizio Sadi uh, talked about uh, his frustrations with having this be a, a midday match uh, and some of the challenges that go with that, because it was a matchup that was deserving of more of a prime time uh, night match fixture. Um, but look, I, I just felt like, and I know we'll talk a little bit more uh, about the, about the specifics. I just felt like Lazio didn't have the energy as, as if they didn't play, um, how they are accustomed to playing against big clubs in, in, in such an important pivotal match, particularly their most important players. Um, so that was just my real brief, you know, disappointment. Obviously the scoreline was always going to be disappointing. Um, but you know, this game is such a cruel game. So I, I try to look for some of the positives outside of a scoreline and, and a scoreline isn't always indicative of how a match went. I thought this scoreline was very indicative of, of what the match looked like. And that was why I was really frustrated because Lazio, from my point of view, did not show up. Yeah, I mean, for me, it started off like very well. I was very happy with the first 20, 25 minutes. And, you know, I thought like, OK, it was worth it to wake up this early. Because in the past, I feel like it's been somewhat disappointing. Um, you know, I, I think of when I woke up for the Udinese game early in the season, how how angry I was, and um, this one, you know, that 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 goal initially, you know, didn't was ruled offside, rightly so, it wasn't. But like, I was frustrated with Correa. I was frustrated seeing him start over Lautaro, um, especially in a in a game of this magnitude. Like, I thought 
that's a guy you have to play, especially given the way the two, um, Lukaku, I mean, and Lautaro have been playing together. But it just turned into, you know, a, a bit of a slow start. And then typical Inter fashion, you know, you, you're, you're dominating and you have a moment of weakness from a player I was praising of on Sean's podcast, um, you know, and, and admitting I was wrong about my early assessment. And then he decides to come out and have a little bit of a slip up, a brain fart, whatever you want to call it. But Francesco Acerbi, I think he forgot maybe this afternoon, you know, what... Uh, what kit he was wearing and he was like hey let me just turn and help out Felipe Anderson here and you know it led to that quick goal and you know that I thought that this was it like all right we're, we're we do not have the mental fortitude this season to to recover from this and I was already you know um accepting defeat really I didn't think that was we were going to be able to score recover it felt like every chance we had was almost in or too close but just not quite getting it on target you know Mkhitaryan had a strike that went right over the crossbar. Barella had a few, you know, shots that could have been worldies if he was able to put in. But it was a, it was DiMarco. a frustrating. Oh yeah, DiMarco's too. With well, Provadel was fantastic. I, I got to give him respect too with the way he played, and he had a few huge saves. You know, Mbrozovic too, and and uh, I, I forgot who else. But yeah, the DiMarco one, like you said, but he was a, a really good player and obviously deserving to to remain the starter for Lazio for sure. But yeah, I mean, obviously happy with uh, the way the game ended. Who do we think had more pressure um, on them coming into this game? I mean, on my end, I I know Lazio's schedule is really tough coming up. Um, but, you know, coming into the day, you guys were already top four after having, you know, a really fantastic season under Sarri. Um, for me, I felt a ton of pressure coming into this game. But I also think that that's... It, it played out on the field in that manner, right? It almost played out like Lazio knew that they were on top that they had several points as a cushion it's by no means like a sure thing but you guys did play like you were the team that had a little bit of a, a cushion in the top four um and we played like the team that you know is in a dogfight right now with several other squads Atalanta is coming in very hot right now um you know Roma Milan these are these are huge clubs um I think that's how that played out on the field Sean did you get the feeling that it, it did it did come off like they were playing with a, a few points in the back pocket. Yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. It absolutely felt that way. It, it, it felt as if um, the majority of our team thought that qualification has been wrapped up and, and you know, they're, they're, they're fine with just going through the motions. Um, certainly when we look at the schedules, you guys have a much more grueling schedule. You guys are in that thick of a fight. Now we all are, and, and, and nobody has secured positioning, but, you know, as you mentioned, we had some points to drop. And, and, you know, that's always been the worst thing for Lazio is to have any feeling of comfort. Now, all they've done to themselves is really make uh, a midweek match against Wasolo coming up all the more critical and important and, and one that they just can't drop ahead of playing Milan because all of a sudden that cushion evaporates. But it does feel like they went into this match a little bit more relaxed. They were so slow. Uh, one, they were slow on the ball. So every single time, and you guys did a really good job pressuring immediately, you know, having players on the backs of, of every Lazio player that received a pass. But Lazio was also really, really slow in, in making some of those passes that they're so known for under Sari. Um, you know, really, really um, felt like they were at a pace of, of walking on defense. Um, particularly, I, I thought they're, they're uh, left back and right back. So, uh, Marusic and Hisai were really, really bad. They allowed so much space for you guys to operate. And, and that's really where you guys were, were dangerous, you know, whipping balls in, finding players at the top of the box. You guys had some opportunities, but I thought Saudi could have, could have done better to make some substitutions, you know, particularly bringing on a player like Lazzari, who, you know, while our, our, our attack was virtually dead, there was nothing, you know, and bringing on a player like Lazzari, uh, particularly when when somebody like Marusic and Hisai aren't giving you that defensive work rate, you know, I think that switch to bring on a player that's much more uh, attacking minded is is going to potentially make a difference. He just waited way too long to to make that. So you know, it I, I don't know mentality wise, it, it definitely felt that way. Yeah, you know, I'd say I was particularly disappointed in a Milinkovic Savic, uh, who's who's 
typically accustomed to coming out and playing in these big games. And, you know, especially against Inter too. He's had some great performances. These are the games, you know, I I can sometimes be frustrated with him because um, you can tell he's got a switch where, where, well, we, we may be playing as Salernitana and, and Milinkovic likes to kind of drift in and out of, of some of these games. You know, he'll, he'll get a little cocky sometimes and, and try a little bit too much in some of those matches. Um, this was definitely a match where it seems like he flipped the switch off, um, which which is not the game to do it for. So I, I don't know. I, I think mentality has to play into it, particularly with when you just look at what we've done, not just against you, but against Roma, against Milan, against Napoli this year, you know, against Juve, it just didn't make sense that we would come out so lethargic. Yeah, when I was watching the the game, and that, that was something that really stood out to me is how I felt like our midfield kind of just negated your entire midfield. You know, I, I didn't really think that Luis Alberto or Milinkovic Savic had any type of impact at all. Um, you know, I just you look at. at uh, Cataldi, you know, the way he was, I feel like he was really trying to motivate the players and trying to get them to press, you know, our midfield and to kind of move forward and, and, and you know, show some signs of life. But those two guys in particular, I just felt like they allowed Barella and Mkhitaryan loads of time and loads of space to be able to move and, and pass and, and interchange and stuff. And, you know, I, I that's why I was hoping that we would get a quick goal early because it felt like, you know, we have them on the back foot right now let's let's kind of like you know step on them while we can and we you know obviously the offside was i mean just inches really it wasn't really that close or sorry that close to being offside i should say um and then uh, you know i felt like you know the the momentum change obviously once you guys got the goal but we had our opportunities like you said and and it felt like our team showed up and uh, you know I, like i said on your on your show too is you know i feel like the pressure was on us we are in a battle for fourth if we do want to achieve champions league which at the very bare minimum is the goal for us in the league um we had to win this game this was not something that we could we could afford to lose or even draw like that's the points are are really you know it's it's coming down to it and even though you know we saw rivals drop points we we had to pick it up so that we can you know leapfrog a, a team or two here so um yeah it was definitely a tough tough match to watch uh, from a Lazio perspective, especially seeing, you know, guys who are considered key players not really showing up uh, with their, to bring their A game, unfortunately. I'm glad you brought up Cataldi because we talked about him being so undervalued. You know, when you think about Lazio's midfield, you immediately think Luis Alberto, Milinkovic Savic, and, and, and nobody really talks about Cataldi, but you see how important he is. You know, one, you know, he's, he's, he's a Roman. He's, he's a Laziale. So he's he's one of those players that's always going to give a hundred percent, you know, and 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 he was um, that glue. He's the connector there. And the moment he gets injured and leaves the pitch, you know, it, it, you see you see everything kind of go in disarray even more so. And so I think that was a real critical point for Lazio is losing him, you know, and bringing on Vecino. You know, you you, you saw a shift um, in in them just being a little bit more sloppy. And obviously he he gifted a goal. Um, there, but I think he's just such a critical part of our team that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, I definitely think once he he did come off is when it became a lot easier for Inter. Um, and obviously, we saw with the the way we were able to score goals. I didn't recognize myself. I mean, I'll, I'll say I was guilty of it too. Yeah, like you said, he does get overlooked. Um, just his importance, but yeah, once he came off, it was it was a much easier for us to find space, and you know, people were able to get open and and, and score goals and and you know, slip through everything. So you know, it's almost like he was the last like piece of a stick and whatever. Let's say like a a, a beaver dam type thing that was holding it all together. And once he came off, the the floodgates opened. So yeah, and I think had we been down a goal. Um, it it might have it might have been better for Lazio. You know, sometimes in, in the past, in particular last season, you know, they were a team that would sleepwalk early into a match and, and need a a goal against them to wake up. You know, them going ahead in a match that they already started really poorly didn't really incentivize them to open up. And so, um, because of that injury, and and because we were up a goal, you know, I think Sadi goes to Vecino. Had we been down a goal. I think he may have gone to Marcos Antonio, who's, who hasn't gotten a, a ton of time this year, but the past few matches he has, you know, he's, he's scored, he's played really well. He's really quick on the ball. He's super sharp with his passing. Um, I, I think 
again, had we been down, I think he would have inserted a Marcos Antonio, which would have given us, I think, a little bit more of an opportunity to, to you know, come out of this with something versus what ultimately ended up happening. Yeah, Marcos Antonio was a guy I was surprised you were able to get. And I remember him in the Champions League with, <clears throat> sorry, um, oh gosh, I just went blank with, now, where was he? In the Ukraine? Is it uh, no, Dinamo he Kiev? Um, like, where was he? He was in Turkey. No, he, no, he was in, he right. was in, no, he played, who, who's the team we played in the Champions League, Alessandro in the Ukraine? Shakhtar? Shakhtar, yes. Shakhtar. Shakhtar. He was with Shakhtar, and I remember him, both times we played them in back-to-back years, He, him and Dodo actually were two guys that were, were giving us fits, and, and he was actually able to negate uh, Brozovic a couple games, so I was, when he did come over to Serie A and with Lazio, I thought that he would be a player that, you know, I... I didn't even obviously I didn't know about Cataldi, so I thought Marcos Antonio would be the guy stepping right in and, and kind of being that that regista type player who is good defensively. He is good at at negating other other important uh, key men in the midfield, and I thought that he would you know have a big impact. And obviously, it probably takes time to acclimate to to Serie A. So I, I mean, I, I understand Sadi sticking with you know Cataldi, and you could see obviously the qualities there that I didn't you know recognize myself. So. But yeah, to have that guy on the bench, I, I was also surprised when he did come off injury that he wasn't the guy brought on. I understand why, but I thought that he could, especially if you were needing a goal too at that time, um, to maybe kill it off and, and maybe you know negate what was a strength for us in the midfield. Um, he he could have been a good player, but yeah, he's uh, he's another one I do like, and I'm I'm, I'm you know kind of jealous you have him. So, um, I feel like I, I'm not properly conveying the excitement that i have after this this huge i mean me need to kind of feel monotone too i Maybe need to I feel for sean i, I think don't know. No, yeah i think that win for you guys you should be celebrating and and look I, i've given uh, i've given john marco some crap this year for uh for for how tough he is on simone and and in particular you know we talked we, we had a little bit of a, a back and forth and comparing Mourinho to uh, to Simone, and, and when I say comparing, I, I just mean this season and what they've been able to accomplish at, at their current clubs. You know, obviously, we know the the trophy yeah. cabinet that Mourinho has, so um, I, I just you know personally don't think he's the special one anymore. So just looking at what they've been able to do, you know, you guys right now are are in a top four spot. You guys are in the semifinals of Champions League, and you are the favorites um, uh, to win Coppa Italia. I mean, that's a tremendous, yeah. tremendous season, you know, in, in, in what you've been able to do. So if you can squeeze in the Champions League, this match was absolutely huge, you know, for you guys to walk out of this season in, in just tremendous fashion. Yeah, so before the game, um, FC Inter News had done an interview with uh, uh, Beppe Marotta um, talking about, you know, how do you assess this season? And Marotta said, it, you know, it's generally a positive one. And I was thinking to myself about that exact, you know, the way that you just laid it out, right? If before the season you told me that we weren't going to win Serie A, but we'd, you know, get into Champions League, um, that, you know, we'd, we'd be the favorite or we'd win Coppa Italia and we'd be in semifinals of, of the Champions League, I'd be like, okay, that sounds like a pretty, a pretty great season. Knowing how the Serie A um, performance has unfolded, you know, having lost 11, 12 times, whatever it might be, um, it, that part for me, it's hard for me to, to to deem where we are right now a success yet. I mean, there's still things that we have to get done. Like you have to qualify for the, cha- the Champions League. You have to, you know, get a trof- another trophy in Coppa Italia at the very least. And getting to the final of the Champions League is, is uh, a huge achievement. But those things still need to be done, right? So I don't know, you know, I, I can't assess the season right now. But I know that I I can assess this victory today as one of Inter's best performances this year. That's not that's not to say that it wasn't stressful, um, because this match was incredibly stressful. Again, Inter didn't score the equalizer until uh, the seventy seventh minute. The seventy seventh minute, right? So in a game where you're dominating possession for sixty percent, um, creating chance after chance, it wasn't until the seventy sixth minute that you know we got back into the game. Um, but with that being said, a tremendous performance. So why don't we go ahead and actually jump into the match here, um, Johnny? Do do me a favor, take a deep deep breath before we jump into the starting lineups today. 
So a few positions uh, were changed around here. Obviously, Onana starting in goal, but our defense, Simona went with Bastoni, Acerbi, and D'Ambrosio on the right-hand side, opting to push Darmian up the field. Dumfries sits on the bench. Uh, midfield three of Barella, Brozovic, Mikitarian, and uh, De- uh, sorry, <laughs> Barella, Bro- Brozovic, Mikitarian, DeMarco on the left-hand side. And up front, uh, partnering Lukaku, Joaquin Correa, and ex Laziale. Again, deep breath. What did you think of the starting XI? Yeah, no, I was uh, I was not happy uh, seeing Correa start. I I just like I said, I thought Lautaro deserved to start this game. He is our leading goal scorer, even though he can be very hot and very cold. It seemed that we were starting to see a little bit of the chemistry between him and Lukaku kind of rekindling, and I was hoping to carry that into this game uh, and and la- allowing them to play maybe at least 70, 75 minutes together. You know, Inzaghi thought otherwise and decided to start Correa, which he has played decently well. I mean, he hasn't been anything, you know, incredible, um, but he has deserved, you know, his 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 moments to come in and, and, and play and help out. But I was a little surprised by that and, you know, just didn't really love it. And D'Ambrosio, um, seeing him start from the back, you know, I, I understood it. You want to bring in maybe someone who's a little more, defensively solid you know especially with you know Zakani in the form that he's been in maybe you want to negate him which I think early on you saw that that was you know uh what Inzaghi wanted to have the guys do I think uh Darmian did a good job shadowing him you know he did foul him a few times you know to kind of you know not let him get in space and and be able to be creative and and push the ball forward and D'Ambrosio as well you know they were kind of just like blanketing him that whole first half at least from from what i noticed i mean we saw d'ambrosio pick up a, a yellow card that ended up getting him substituted early in uh well right in the start of the second half and um i just thought that that was a smart move I, I i didn't think he would do it and i probably wouldn't have done it myself to be honest but that was definitely something that i was like okay i i i understand why he went with went that route and i can't really um you know get angry about anybody else really in the starting lineup. Everybody was pretty much deserving. Mikitarian, we know what he brings and what he's been able to do all year. And and he and we saw with the the way the midfield was was playing in the first half there that they were definitely deserving. Those three were were definitely deserving of, of, of starting this game. So yeah, I you know Nima had been on the podcast previously and he mentioned, you know, after the Empoli game talking about Gallardini saying Empoli is his level, right? And when I saw Correa and Ambrosio in there for a must-win game in order for us to get into the Champions League, I thought to myself, like, this is not their level. But both players did, like, they didn't put us in a position that that hurt us, right? It was actually, you know, one of our better players this season that did so. Um, but D'Ambrosio and, and Correa didn't hurt us today. Um, I thought D'Ambrosio did very well defensively. Offensively, there were a few occasions where he slowed us down um, with his inability to, to, to pick up a pass and progress the ball up the fields the same way that Darmian does when he's in the starting lineup. Um, but again, it, it didn't kill us today. Um, and Sean, I know you mentioned, you know, uh, Marusic and Husai in the in the selection today was that a a shock to you? Were there, were there anything was there anything about the lineup that stood out to you as as Sadi was trying to tinker in order to take down this inter side? No, that's actually the exact lineup that I had predicted um, a couple days ago. It, it's it's been our go to. I'm happy because he had tinkered a little bit in in, in slotting in Patrick next to Romagnoli for a couple matches, so I, I figured he would go back to the Casale Romagnoli pairing. You know, are, are more defensively sound right and left backs with Marusic and Hisai. You know, all of that was to be expected. Uh, Immobile was a surprise in our last match that he was able to uh, come in, you know, post um, accident. Uh, and so I figured he would he would be in the starting 11 for this one. So no surprises. For me, the biggest issue was just not making the change to Lazzari. You know, in particular, I'm happy to see Pellegrini come in. It's what I want to happen. I just didn't figure um, Pellegrini would would see any time early in the match. But I think those are just the changes that needed to be made much, much earlier, um, knowing that you know we were getting torched on 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 um, that side of the field. So, you know, I just I I think those are the only things um, 
substitution wise that I really wanted to see outside of a Marcos Antonio, but I understood um, going into uh, 80th, 70th, I guess the goal came at the 77th minute. So I can understand being that deep into the game, going with Vecino, who's a, a player from a, a defensive standpoint, it's going to give you a little bit more than Marcos Antonio, but starting 11 wise, it's, it's our best 11. All right. So let's, let's actually talk about this game. Um, the first half can be summed up by saying that there was chance after chance after chance on both both sides of the field. Um, it wasn't very typical of a big-time Serie A game. Typically in the first half of these big-time Serie A games, it, there is a feeling out process um, that can make the game feel you know a little bit slow until the managers you know get their sense of uh, how they can open up the opposition. Today started with a whirlwind. I mean, you know, Inter was high up the field, pressing very hard and creating chances, uh, you know, from the get-go. Brozovic, um, you know, cuts inside and takes a shot with his left foot that, you know, Provedel makes gets down and makes a great save. Um, kind of, you know, gave me, you know, Memo Ochoa feelings like are we in for another, uh, you know, goal, opposition goalkeeper masterclass today. Um, but the saves kept on coming, you know, Immobile, uh, set up Felipe Anderson, um, Onana made a great save on him. Onana had a great game today. Um, but you get chance after chance after chance until, uh, a well-worked goal. Brozovic releases, uh, Correa, um, right outside on the, the right edge of the box who slots it across for Mkhitaryan who puts it in the back of the net. Um, this one was slightly offside, but up until this point, Inter had been had been dominating the game. Um, what did you make of how uh, Inter opened up this game today, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I feel like they came out with the right mentality. You know, it's something that I was worried about because sometimes I feel like for these big games, we start a little flat and we allow the other teams to dictate uh, their game plan on us, and then we just kind of sit back and accept it, and then try to hit back on the on the counter. So. I'm glad that we kind of came out with uh, the foot on the gas and wanting to get a quick goal. That's what it felt like to me, that that, that was their goal to kind of try to take Lazio out of it as quickly as possible. And we saw that with with the opportunity, you know, that, that Brozovic set up with Correa and then Correa laid off for, for Mickey. And I, I thought that was a, you know, a great start. I was excited with it and obviously happy with the the early goal. But unfortunately, you know, like like we all said, and um, it was offside. Um but even with the, you know, allowing the goal shortly after that, um, I was glad that I didn't see anybody, you know, have any sunken heads, you know, no body language looked negative. It felt like everyone was trying to get motivated. You saw Onana right after the goal, kind of trying to galvanize the guys and, and wake them up. And <clears throat> I think that, you know, they took it. They I, they recognized the moment and I think the importance of what is going on. And I think they for the first time, in my opinion, all year, it looks like they know what they can do and what is left in the season and, and what they can achieve. Um, I know they know. I mean, listen, we given even with the the tie for Napoli, it's 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 over for them and, and, and hats off to them for it. And I think obviously Inter and everybody, every other player out there knows um, that that's the case, but they know they can achieve top four and they also can do like, like Sean said, like, you know, they can still go out and win the Coppa Italia. They have an opportunity to potentially be in a, in a champions league final, which would be massive given the the financial restrictions that we have, the, the squad depth that we've lost and stuff. And, and even the limitations that we've seen, you know, of, of being able to rotate unlike a team like Real Madrid or, or Man City, this could be could be huge and, and could really be turning points for them in their careers. So to see them recover after giving up the goal and still continue to go out there and fight, I mean, this is this is what I was hoping to see from the start of the season. And I'm even though it's happening now, I'm still very happy that it's that they are recognizing it and, and kind of you know pushing forward. I couldn't have said that better myself. It it almost feels like the um, what they have already achieved this season, getting to the final of the Coppa Italia and getting into the semifinals of the Champions League by getting past those, you know, initial hurdles. It is the increased pressure is actually giving them more confidence and they're coming into the responsibility of what they should be doing as opposed to folding under the pressure. Um, but, you know, again, we have to talk about that that goal. Um, Acerbi completely... I, I don't know exactly what he was looking to do. Um, it almost feels like, like you said, Johnny, it feels like he there was a glitch in his brain as he was looking to 
um, to play the ball, which we haven't seen from Acerbi at all this season. He's been very tidy. Um, and when that happened, you know, a great combination between Philippe, Philippe, eh, Felipe Anderson and uh, who else was the... Oh, Luis Alberto um, that, that played him in. Good finish pass on Ana, went right under um, D'Ambrosio's legs. Uh, what did you make, Sean, what did you make of um, of the goal, you know, h- how that was worked and um, clinical finishing that we've seen from Felipe Anderson on a few and, times this year? And follow-up question on that. How much did you pay Acherbi to do that in this game in particular? So... Um... Look, I, I was obviously I was happy for us to go ahead in this match. I certainly felt very lucky because you know the 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 tide was was against us. You guys had been putting on the pressure, and it didn't feel like we were going to come away with a goal. Um, I I couldn't see or sense where that goal was going to come from. You know, and and so you know that mistake gave us life. Obviously, Felipe did really well. Um, he's he's had a tremendous season from uh, a statistical standpoint, just providing goal service and then finishing his chances this year, which has been huge. So, you know, it, it was nice. I, I would have hoped um, it, it would have woken up uh, the, the rest of the squad. But you know, I, I think it had the counter effect. I think we had been playing really, really poorly. We go up and, and we essentially um, hope to just ride out the rest of the match uh, with a one nil lead. And so. Uh, I think had it been the reverse and you guys had scored, you know, that early, I think maybe it would have woken us up uh, to perform and open up our play a little bit, but, you know, really, really well to, to finish that. Obviously a, a Chadby was poor uh, in that moment. Um, but, uh, but, you know, Felipe does such a good job, you know, in, in pressuring and pouncing on mistakes. You know, we've seen that time and time again, you know, Roma typically is, is, is a team that suffers from that type of a pressure and, and a player that's so quick uh, when there is a turnover like that to make you pay. Yep. And um, again, very inter of them to be going into the second half, having played such a good half, um, but being down one, nothing I, I tweeted at halftime, you know, could be up by three, but we're down by one. Um, and going into the second half, I think, you know, I was really feeling the nerves of, um being in in this position of of you know biggest game of the year um in Serie A and uh and we're down going into the half but as we move into that second half uh Johnny like Johnny mentioned D'Ambrosio comes off Denzel Dumfries comes in um and Inter starts uh the second half on the front foot again Johnny if I told you that Inter's expected goals in the second half was 2.52 would you, would you have believed me? The expected goals in the second half was 2.52. 2.52. Yeah, I would. I would believe you just because, yeah, you saw the what the team created, what they were able to do with getting in behind the defenders, the chances they were able to create, the balls in the box they were crossing. That doesn't surprise me. Um, I actually would have guessed maybe a little higher if you asked me like what I thought the, the second half XG was, just given the... You know, the shot from, uh, well, the opportunity by Lautaro where he just muffed it, the chances for um, Di Marco and, and and even other guys on the team, you know, and, and obviously the goals that we eventually did score, I would probably guess maybe like four, 4.2, something like that, if you really would ask me. So, um, yeah, that, that those numbers don't really surprise me. Yeah, they we, surprised you me. Know, we were... just, that, no, they surprised me because, you know, we talked about, Lazio's defense all season long. And so, you know, for, for them to give up um, that type of an XG and in, in part, you know, uh, Provedel has come up big this season, uh, but they've really done an incredible job limiting chances uh, because their back line has been so focused and keyed in. You look at the two goals and, and obviously, you know, looking at the first one, you guys really, really great job from Lukaku to, to hold up play, to find Latauro, but Casale falls asleep and just lets, you know, Latauro make that run. You know, he just stops essentially running. And then on the Gosens goal, Marusic falls asleep, let, lets him make a run. He's wide open. Uh, those are just uncharacteristic of this Lazio team this year. Very, very 
um, on brand to what I'm accustomed to seeing in every other season. And so, you know, seeing that, I, I just, I would have, I would have expected a goal coming out of you guys, but just that type of an XG, you know, I, I think is very uncharacteristic. So super surprising by me. And, and, you know, we didn't, we, we kind of glossed over um, Onana's impact on this match. Cause even before we got into the second half, you know, Cheeto has a, a, an amazing opportunity. I think he strikes the ball really, really well, tries to place it far corner. You know, he buries that and, and, you know, it's, that's potentially game over. You know, I, I think that's when you start seeing Inter players kind of put their heads down uh, in frustration because you guys had been playing so well to go down 2-0. You know, I, I think uh, that's a completely different ball game. So Onana making that save in particular on Cheeto, I, I think just that that's the game right there for me. Yo, Nana made four saves today. Um, he excelled at Johnny's favorite part of his game, the the rebound control, right? Every time, um, you know, that he had to make a save, a lot of what was coming at him today, it was easy to spill back out into a dangerous area. The crosses, how he corrals things. I love one of my favorite shots recently um, from watching Inter games has been whenever I see Onana you know, hugging the ball, just completely laid over it, just taking his few seconds because we've seen him have to make saves that make you take a deep breath um, a lot this season. And um, yeah, he was spectacular. Uh, Johnny, do you want to touch on Onana? Because this is uh, this is your guy right here. It's my boy. It all I mean, season. He's, he's my MVP. And uh, in all honesty, I think he's been the most consistent performer all season and like you said you know his ability to to control rebounds and and kind of push things out away from the goal when he does make a save he doesn't allow it to just spill back into the 6 yard box or or in dangerous you know places where other players can run onto and 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 get a you know a clear shot on goal so i mean it's it was huge for us i think you know he made like like Sean said that save that that could have easily been 2-0 for for Lazio going into the half and i i don't think people recognize you know how massive that 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 save was especially um given the circumstances and that could have just been a, you know, an absolute backbreaker for us. So, I mean, hats off to him. He was fantastic. Both goalies really were, you know, you can't really knock uh Provadel really for, for any, maybe, yeah. maybe the third goal you can kind of, you know, if you really want to nitpick, but if it was, if, I, I was there. <clears throat> he was, and I was, you know, I was actually mad at Lautaro at that moment for not laying it off to Lukaku, who would have been the easiest tap in ever. Uh, although who knows we've seen him miss those two so maybe it wouldn't have been but um it's just you know i can't really i can't really fault him for for any of the goals you know the the gozins one i mean you watch that replay how high robin gozins gets in the air and somehow gets a laying on i mean the guy literally gave up his body to 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 score that so i mean both goalies were tremendous and if it would have ended nil nil i would have understood one one whatever but you know, we just were fortunate to to get some bounces to go our way and and, and find them in the back of the net. But yeah, I mean, Onana, I, I can't say enough things about him. I, you see how how I feel with the rumors about him being sold and and potentially, you know, just to cash in on him. I, a player of his quality and have the impact that he's able to have in games and the way it's not even just his play on the field. It's just how he is off the pitch and the way he carries himself, the confidence, the things that he says in interviews. And, and, you know, he, he's been here before in terms of champions league. He's been to a semifinal. He's like, he just says all the right things. He he quashes, you know, the beef that was supposedly they were trying to, you know, make a big deal between him and Brozovic. Like he plays it off. Like it was nothing. And it was just two guys, you know, you know, battling and battling hard in practice. Like I just, yeah, I just love it. I love it. And I just, you know, I, I hope he is, you know, the next goalkeeper for Inter that stays for many years and, and can carry on that, that kind of legacy since, since Zenga, you know? Yeah, and he, you know, ha- had to have the game that he had today because obviously Achebe was on shaky footing, literally. I mean, I, I've, slips and I've never seen him slip like that. Like, and, But what I don't understand was how was, uh, you know, totally can understand the state of the San Siro pitch you know, being what it is, and it's easy yeah. to uh, to slip and fall. But he was the only one, right? <laughs> I didn't he was, see any he other was. player. And it's like, don't we like we can't swap? I mean, I, I remember my cleats who used to be able to swap out for for bigger, longer studs. So like, I'm sure as professionals, they could have given him something so that he wasn't slipping. I just, I, I couldn't figure it out. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're lucky to have not been burned. But um, regardless, so 
I love the way that the team started um, the second half. The chances were all really, really well created. Ten minutes into the second half, um, Barella, you know, hits a volley off his right foot that just goes wide. Um, uh, then there was a DiMarco chance that was the XG on that had to be like, you know, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Um, Chalanoglu plays him in and Provedel makes an, an absolutely fantastic save. Uh, Lukaku was showing off his his passing range um, with a cross into Dumfries, who just... Just... If you watch Gosens' goal um, as, you know, you know he, he connects on the end of a cross, you're like, okay, that was an incredible athletic achievement. Watching Dumfries try to uh, corral a pinpoint cross, um, which should have been a, a you know a good goal. I, we've seen it with Correa against Empoli. Just you're you're using the wrong part of your body, man. <laughs> you're not. You made the wrong decision. When people say that Robin Gosens is as bad as Denzel Dumfries, it infuriates me. It, it does. Like this guy was. Arguably, obviously, from his time at Atalanta, the best left wing back in the world for a couple seasons. He was, I think that he fits their system better than ours. So, I mean, I can understand the frustration in some aspects, but I I, I understood that he wasn't Ivan Perisic. I think a lot of people were expecting him to come in and have like the impact that Perisic has, but he was never that dribbler. He was never that two-footed player, although I think he had a lot more pace before he got here. It feels like, you know, he just hasn't been able to get that back since the injury. But to, to say that Gosens is undeserving of being in this club or that he's not good enough, but then you see a player like Dumfries and some people in our fan base defend him as if he is, you know, Mike on. I, I just don't I don't get it. And when I saw him miss, I laughed. Nazario said some things in the group chat laughing. It, it just hurts. It hurts to see you know a perfectly played in ball. Had it been, you know, Lautaro, Lukaku, maybe Gosens on that one, it probably ends up in the, like, dude, all you had to do is like, just tap it in. Like, just re- you don't even have to probably shoot it, just redirect it in with your right foot. And maybe it doesn't score, but at least get it on net. But he just, I I don't know. I don't know. And I'm tired of the Dumf- Dumfries experiment. And I mean, I've said it a million times. So I think I'm, I'm just ready for this season to be over just so he can move on and, and maybe you know, rejuvenate his career somewhere else. You know, yeah. he's going to go to, he'll end up going to the premier league and, and, and being an incredible player. Sure. Uh, he'll just yeah. be the best player ever for Brentford, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could see him being a Newcastle. Well, they're, they're too. saying Chelsea might bring him because Pochettino might want him. If I don't know if that's true, but if Pochettino ends up there, like they say he might, um, he might bring him with him. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like Sean mentioned earlier in the pod, there was a, a game changing uh, injury for Lazio in terms of uh, Danilo going down. Hopefully the calf is is OK. Um, we get what we ask for with Lautaro making his way onto the pitch and uh, replacing Correa. Henrik comes off, comes off as well. And Hakan comes off, comes on to give us our big three midfield of, of Barella, Brozovic and uh and Hakan uh, partnered with Lula up top. I mean, that those five players are so key um, if Inter is going to go to the heights that they're going to go to. I mean, there's no it's no coincidence that when the game is on the line, you're down a goal and you need to win the game. That by the 60th minute, you know, all five of those players are on and it and it's go time. Um, Lautaro didn't didn't enter the game in the most in the best way. Uh, he's actually played in uh, from a long pass by Darmiani, and he gets behind the defense, um, runs you know twenty yards, whatever it is. Uh, but Casale makes a great play on him to um, you know I guess scuff that chance, and then eventually in the seventy uh, sixth minute, seventy seventh minute, uh, Lula. Back in action, Lukaku makes a great little pass into the area. Lautaro finishes it past Provadel, and we are 1-1. Johnny, how how good was it to see Lula connect like that again? I mean, I said it after the Empoli game. I mean, this is why I wanted them to start. This is what I was hoping to see. I, I knew it wasn't going to be what we were having with under Conte, but I was hoping that there would be, you know, these guys, they, they almost have like a sixth sense of where the other one is, what the other one's thinking, the other one's type of movements and, and, and what they're able to do. And 
to see him, you know, Lukaku play that ball off. And I'm starting to notice he's starting to get his touch. His touch was never like his greatest, you know, attribute, but he's starting to get that back and be able to, you know, play in balls, control them much better. He doesn't lose them off his feet like he was, you know, earlier in the year. And it normally takes like five, six games for him to get rolling, but he's definitely been able to to start doing that. So, I mean, I'm, I was happy with the we were able to to equalize at that point, and especially the connection between those two. So that was that was massive for us. Yeah, it's uh, it's key for both of these men to be on form um, in order for us to to get to certain targets. And we know Lothado has been putting it in the back of the net, but a little bit of a, a change of pace here with Lukaku, you know, bagging all these assists. I mean, the guy is uh, is laying uh, laying balls off perfectly as he does for Lothado who scores there. Um, and then Inter goes up two one on I I think that might have been the prettiest pass of Lukaku's career. Um, Lautaro gets some space on the right-hand side, plays in uh, Lukaku right at the top of the uh, the right-hand side of the box, who crosses in for Gosens, who looks like a um, figure skater leaping off of the ice, doing an amazing athletic move in order to get to the ball, um, to put it in the back of the net. Inter goes 2-1 up. Uh, Gosens lands on his shoulder, and we heard from Inter that he has dislocated it. Um, don't know how long he's going to be out of action there. I was, I was speaking with my dad and, you know, he thinks that it's a situation where his, uh, his shoulder popped out, it's popped back in and it won't be too bad. But if there is any damage to the ligaments, he might be out for a while, which would be a a blow because watching him fly up the field to the back post, uh, to meet the end of, of Lukaku's cross is something that you'll never see from DiMarco, right? Like it's two entirely different left wing backs entirely different in how they um how they play you know football and uh when we needed a goal um Gosens is the man you want at the back post there but hope he gets better soon yeah I mean very unfortunate injury I didn't think that he would get hurt that way I mean at least it didn't look like he got like seriously injured when I first saw it I thought he was just you know a little little tweak and he was a little um not you know i just didn't think it was as serious as it ended up being you know unfortunately that that injury happens he only got to be on the pitch for 15 minutes but my goodness what an impactful 15 minutes he was going at defenders you know he delivered a, a one decent cross and which we all know again is not like the strength of his game unlike the marcos but yeah to be able to get on that ball the athleticism that he has um and also the determination like i feel like gozens has you know he's had obviously injury his injury problems while he's been at Inter. He's he's been able unable to to kind of keep it going for more than a couple of days really or a couple of games I should say. Um, but he says all the right things. He has the right attitude. It seems like he's like a, a, a team first player and also seems well liked within the dressing room. So to have an injury like that, unfor- you know, unfortunate. Um, I hope he like you said. I hope he comes back soon and because. I think down the stretch where we are going to need him, it can't just be all DiMarco for us on the left. So hopefully he's not out more than a game or two. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've dislocated a shoulder before, so I only, you know, I mean, that was baseball, completely different. But, you know, after a couple of weeks, I was I was right back into being able to, to, to play. So hopefully he'll be able to do the same. And, uh, yeah, we just wish him a speedy recovery, of course. Yeah, um, it was a great performance from him, and and we're gonna need him because Di Marco is not a ninety minutes um, left back, and especially with a left wing back, and especially yeah. with the fact that we have all these games coming up. Um, maybe Johnny, you'll get your your uh, wish of seeing Bastoni a little bit on the on the left wing if uh, if Gosens is out for a period of time. Um, you know, you could slot David Eye in the middle, kick Acerbia out over to left center back, and uh, you could have uh, Bastoni out there. Um, and then we get a gift. After we gave Lazio a gift in the first half, they give one right back. Sean, what happened? I mean, look, I, I, it's it's hard to um, to assess that one. I, I think Vecino is trying to – I want to think he's trying to play it back to Provedel. Um, just gets really lazy with his pass. It's it's just one of those um, it's just one of those mistakes that ultimately killed the game off. At that point, you know it, it signed, sealed, and delivered. You guys had all three points. You know, it just it's the difference between a player like him and Cataldi. Cataldi 
going back to him, it, it may not always um, show all the glitz and glam. It, it, his stats aren't aren't always going to pop off on a page, but he's always really safe. You know, with his distribution, he's making the right play. You know, that's an example of Vecino coming in. Who, you know, it's is he's supposed to have some leadership. He's supposed to be a, a a player that can come in and kind of just clamp down defensively for us. You know, he's a little bit bigger um, than than somebody like bringing Marcos Antonio in. But it it just ultimately that was the play that that finished that match. I, it's it's unfortunate because again, you guys deserved everything from a run of play, the XG, all of it, you know, just the eye test three, one was, was the right score. But when I look at all three of those goals, so easily preventable, I mean, that one right there is, is, is obvious. Vecino just loses his mind, terrible pass back, but even the other ones, you know, uh, Madusic is, is caught sleeping on Golsons, doesn't even recognize that he's behind him. Uh, at least get a body on him, make it a lot more difficult, you know, a brilliant finish from him. Um, and then Latauro, you know, he just, Lukaku does a great job, but Casale lets Latauro have space. He's making that run. I mean, you know, two guys that you need to be aware of are Lukaku, who who he has somebody on him. Casale just needs to pay attention. Like he see, Latauro is right in front of him, you know, and, and so you got to make it difficult particularly on, on those players, particularly on a Latauro, like make it difficult for him because um, if given enough chances, he's, he's going to score. And, and he is one of those players that, you know, can be frustrating as, as for you guys, as, as I'm sure it is, you know, it, you just got to make it difficult um, because he may make it difficult on himself sometimes, even the, that, you know, the Provadel coming out um, on that final goal. I mean, Provadel got a hand to it. You know, he was, it was really unfortunate that the ball bounces back into Latauro's feet. Um, so I, I just look at all three of those goals, and, and for me, it's it's just unfortunate because we could have gotten away with with a draw, and it, it would have been that. It would have been Lazio coming away and getting away and stealing a point out of it because you very much deserve the three points. But those three goals were really, really frustrating. Yeah. Yep. And um, it, like you said, it essentially killed the game off there. Um, there wasn't too much. I mean, there was one more Lazio chance right at the uh, at the end of the match. Um, but again, we've you know safe hands from Onana, and we see how that played out. So Inter gets the win. I need to talk about three performances that I saw today that really, really gave me a lot of confidence for what we can see moving forward. Firstly, Barella in that first half was. A world-class, you know, world-class performance. I mean, he absolutely bossed the midfield, played well in the second as well, but um, he just really, th- there was no answer and there was no answer from the players that were on the pitch for Lazio and there was no answer on the bench as well. I mean, when he's in that kind of form, there aren't many midfields in the world that can that can slow him down. Um, and I really like what I saw from him today. The second player is Marcelo Brozovic, been waiting been waiting waiting when is when is he going to kick back into the form and and be the uh the Brozovic of old in the second half today he was immense absolutely immense in his distribution in um the way that he controlled the tempo of the game in his defensive performance as well like he's been shaky but today he was so calm and so assured on the ball and I am really really hoping that what we saw in that second half is going to continue and of course star boy Lukaku quiet in terms of the first half like not really getting much um, as far as chances go but he created uh, the two goals that are, are the reason why we are in um top four right now and I have to give it up to him because there are those performances like he has today where you kind of do question like is there a possibility for us to somehow bring this guy back because on his day um he can wreck you know like Sean mentioned Lazio is one of the best defenses in Serie A this year he can he can wreck a game um and really really thought that that assist for Gosens was maybe the prettiest pass of his whole career um and now that you know those three players seem to be rounding into form. Um, feeling very good. Feeling very, very, very good. I I gotta stop you right there though because Lukaku's prettiest pass 
was the outside of the boot curler to Lautaro who volleyed it one time bottom corner. Was that the Shakhtar? Was that against? Uh, I think that was Slavia no. Prague. Oh, Slavia Prague. Yeah, I think. I think it was. Yeah, but that that was the prettiest goal. The pretty. I, first of all, I didn't even know he could do something like that. So yeah, th- this the one's touch. up there. I'll, I'll I'll say this one's up there. But to see him do it with the outside of the boot, I couldn't believe it. So two things I, I want to say. One uh, on on Barella, absolutely a, a massive match for him. You know, and and again, going just back to the disappointments that I had in this one, we talk so much about you know the 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 duel between you know I, I don't even want to say arguably. I, Oh no. Sean, you just oh. kinda you're kinda cutting in and out there, so it was tough to uh oh. Okay. So we're gonna wait for Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. You you Well we we I, you were saying something about Barella which we missed, so I don't know what what that was. It looks like the internet does not want Sean to be able to get out this point about how Milinkovic Savage was... Uh, boss off the field by Barella, but we'll make that point for him. In terms of his question about Lukaku, that I mean, it's a good question, right? Because it's I don't want to be the fan who's always reactionary and is constantly like, I, you know, I have to. He was great today, so he has to come back, whatever it is. But there is no doubt that he was compromised this season, and that led to the, you know, the the tallies that we have right now. Um, in terms of his goals and his assists, um, are not great. But if you do look at the big matches that have been played, he has shown up in every single one of them. So it's a good question. I don't want to say for sure that I don't want him to come back. If we do reach the financial targets that um, we need to reach this year, and if there is a reasonable deal to be made with Chelsea, and if he's willing to continue moving forward on a lower rate wage. And if it doesn't prevent us from investing in other areas of the squad, and if it means that we won't see players like Correa on the team, then I'm okay with it. So after four, one more, four no, I'm okay. after 14 ifs, it yeah. seems like Alessandro would be okay with Lukaku returning. Um, if all these reasons are <laughs> met for him. Yeah. Um, these are my demands. But yeah, I mean, I, I actually do agree. Yeah. There's uh there's a lot of things that have to fall into place in order for him to come back. I've got my eyes set on a couple of other forwards, ideally in a perfect world. Obviously with Inter, we know nothing ever goes perfectly. Nothing ever plays out the way I'd say the grand majority of Interisti would want. Um, but with my, you know, elite scouting of, of South America, nobody's better than me at that. You know, Retegi, Gino Infantino, bring him home. Um, and uh, I actually am, I, I would really like Skamaka if we can get him on a loan. Or if West Ham get relegated, if we can get him, you know, cheap or something. Um, or maybe loan with obligation, whatever. Um, I, I would like to get younger. Uh, yeah. I don't think Lukaku is... <sighs> Not that I don't think he's good enough. I just don't think he'll ever reach the heights he had when he was at Inter with with Pintus and, and Conte. I, I think that player is is kind of gone. We all we I mean we have to remember he's been playing at top level since he was like 16 years old. Like he has yeah. his physique is is massive. Like the guy looked like he was 25 when he was playing at Anderlecht as a as a teenager. So um there's there's just a you know there's a lot of game in those legs and and I don't think that he can continue to perform the way he has you know in the past not that I don't think he could still be a good player and impactful I just I don't think that he'll be you know what what we all hope that he would you know return to so it would be tough for me to want to bring him 
back unless like you said like all those those things if he we we, we get a really cheap deal with chelsea if he takes a, a another pay cut so we can afford to maybe bring in somebody else as well um and if you know you know and if um you know if it's not the same too if lautaro isn't around i would have to throw that in too you know like if we don't know what's going to happen in the summer you know who knows what happens with the season who knows if we win the champions league by some miracle then maybe the guys feel like certain players will be like i've already achieved everything at this club is there anything left for me to prove here you know they would have won a scudetto a coppa italia a couple a couple of supercoppas and now a champions league that's massive you know so we'll uh we'll have to see what happens and um yeah we will uh we'll take it from there you you got me curious about um because I remember him being super young at Anderlecht. I didn't even realize he, in his debut season with them, he led the Pro League with 15 goals in Belgium. At 16? It might have been when he was 17. A little bit it might have been he debuted seven. later. And then yeah, but yeah, his I, first yeah. full season at Anderlecht, he was the top goal scorer. So, yeah, this guy, you're right. He's been He's been at the top level for a very long time. It's just, you know... It, you're right in terms of building a squad for the future. Like we do need to do that at some point. Um, we do need to to try to get younger. Um, but I'm happy to have these memories of of Lukaku in an Inter jersey, just just wrecking. He was so important today, um, and he did so well. And I think between uh, Barella Brozovic and Lukaku, I'll, I'll give it to Big Rom, um, the man of the match for today. Uh, Bidone, I, I don't think anyone played like particular. Uh, I guess it's got to be a Cherby. It's got to be a Cher- Sorry, man. Yeah. yeah, like I don't, I don't want to yeah. knock on on him. You know, solely he like I was very mad with it, of course, but like he has been a good defender for us. But he was a hundred percent the Bidone today. Like he was just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's something it about playing so for his former one teams player. like but yeah. like he did you know he did this against milan you know yeah and and he had yeah. that cheeky laugh that made me not want him to come here and then he does it against lazio it's just like come on dude like what, what are we doing what are we doing yeah he looks like a, a deer on ice skates um out there dude, it's just it didn't real. make sense um but again we need him to get back to top form because you know you don't want to ride out the season with just Devray um, back there, so he's got to you know brush this one off. Francesco, go on to uh, to to the next game. Um, Simone, uh, I think I think he did well in every facet of the game today. He did mention that after the first half that he told the team that they were playing really well and just to keep going, um, and they did and. These last couple games for Inter, uh, you know, specifically against Juventus, we just dominated Juventus and Lazio back to back, like easy, right? I know we didn't win, uh, we didn't score the equalizing goal until the seventy seventh minute, but we really, really dominated um, the game today, and it's these are two of the better performances this year in these past two games. So whatever you're doing right now, Simone. Keep doing it. Just, you know, keep getting the best out of these players. And then, you know, we'll talk about it at the end of the year. Um, but the team is looking really good at the right time. Um, big matches coming up soon. What is our next game? Is it Verona? Verona Wednesday. Yeah. Which is a big game. Don't don't blow the doors off of Juventus and Lazio and then fuck around with Come Verona. Flat. Please. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it's... uh. It's 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 definitely exciting to see, you know, getting hot at the right moment. It feels like Inzaghi has kind of the, won the tactical battle over two considered, you know, master tacticians in the Serie A, which is impressive. Is for all the the slack I give Inzaghi and the disappointment I have on this season, um, he has been stepping it up. So I do have to give credit where credit's due in, in that regard. And I mean, yeah, let's just keep riding this wave. It feels good. And uh, obviously, you know, we haven't heard from Sean. He will not be coming back, unfortunately. His newborn is awake, so he had to, to hop, especially with his internet troubles. So I will say thank you to him for for coming on and, and, and stopping by. But yeah, um, it's, um, it's good to see, you know, the team obviously getting hot at the right moment, especially when it's needed, you know, if we want to, you know, achieve top four and, and hopefully be able to be in Champions League again next year. 
and uh, be able to hopefully bring in some reinforcements to kind of rejuvenate the squad. So, yeah, looking since Benfica, so Benfica, you know, you get through to the semifinals of the Champions League, you put three goals past that team, you put three goals past Empoli, um, you have a clean sheet against Juve. And you have a come from behind victory today against Lazio. Like, whatever this is, guys, keep it going. Um, best wishes to Robin Gosens. Uh, where can people find Sean McIntosh's uh, information? Yeah. yeah, you can find him at uh, Lazio World. Is like his his channel on uh, on Twitter, um, or you can follow him at Sean underscore McIntosh on Twitter as well for for himself as his personal account. Um. Yeah, very obviously a very big Lazio fan, very heavily involved with Charlotte FC. So if any Charlotte listeners, um, you know, you want to get more involved too with the MLS club and, and supporting the local team, uh, he's actually got me going out to games and involved with stuff. And you know, it's been it's been fun to to watch that with uh, with him and, and kind of watch it grow in this city. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, we can we can bring Francesco Acerbi here so he doesn't come back to Inter next year. <laughs> With a swap for Copetti, is that what you guys want to do? Uh, I, I mean, listen, I'll take almost any him or Gonzalo Corujo would be nice. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Another win, another win. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Mm-hmm.